Well, first of all, I'd like to say a very big thank you to the Clock Mills elders <laughs> for inviting me here to speak. Um, but thank you, whoever, whoever was behind that and whoever wasn't. Um, it is a pleasure to be here, and I know you expect the speaker to say that, um, but I really mean it. I hope everybody that says that really means it, but it's genuinely special to be back with you. Um, I've never been a part of the Clock Mills congregation, apart from those two months on placement ten years ago, uh, but it feels like a home congregation, uh, and not just for me, I think for Emma and the girls as well. Uh, so it's really lovely, genuinely special uh, to be here this weekend. Uh, We'll turn to our Bibles in a moment or two uh, to read from them. But before we do that, I want to take just a few minutes to introduce our overall series uh, for this weekend. Andrew Little, Harry Coulter, Ted Donnelly, Peter Lockridge. Some names just don't quite seem to fit with the big guns. In case you're new to uh, these weekends or can't remember, some of those other names have been recent speakers here at the Clock Mills Church Weekend. And we might think, you'd be far too nice to say it, but we might think that some names just don't quite seem to fit with the big guns. And it can seem the same with our Bibles sometimes. The Bible is full of big names, well-known figures, giants of the storyline of God's working. Obviously, there's Jesus, the central figure in the whole Bible and in all of human history. And then also we have greats like Abraham, Moses, David, Peter, James, John, And yet at the same time, we have many less well-known figures in our Bibles. Those who are maybe just mentioned once or only in one book of the Bible. Many of them have strange-sounding names. Ebed-Melech, Epaphroditus, Onesimus. I don't know about you, but... It's true for me, probably true for many of us, that we don't pay much attention to the credits at the end of a a TV program that we've just watched or a, a film that we've enjoyed. But all of those production staff, all of those hundreds of names are listed there for us for a reason. Without them, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have had what we've just enjoyed. Each one of them had an important role to play, whether they're the big names, the famous ones at the top of the list, the ones we've heard of, or not. And it's the exact same in our Bibles, in how God is working in this world. So this weekend, God willing, we are going, going to study four examples of ordinary heroes. That's our theme for the weekend, ordinary heroes, normal people whose lives have been transformed and used by Jesus. Unlikely heroes, perhaps. Though not unsung heroes, they are mentioned. Their names are recorded permanently in the powerful word of God for a reason. 
This weekend we'll focus mainly on the letters that Paul wrote in the New Testament. And Paul himself, he's one of the the big guns. He's a giant of the faith. Really, we could think of Paul like a one-off, fairly unique in terms of all that he taught and how he served the Lord Jesus. But he mentions many, many less well-known figures. Many, many others. And I pray and I expect that God, by his word, will encourage each one of us to follow him and in our following of him as we look at some of these ordinary heroes. So let's turn now to our Bibles. And we have two readings tonight. First of all, Acts chapter 20. Not one of Paul's letters, admittedly, but we will come to one. Acts chapter 20, and we'll read verses 1 to 6. Acts 20, page 1119 of the Church Bibles. Acts 20, verses 1 to 6, this is God's word. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples. And after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. When he had gone through those regions and had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. There he spent three months, and when a plot was made against him by the Jews, as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. So Pater of Berea, the son of Pyrrhus from Berea, accompanied him, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby and Timothy, and the Asians, Tychicus and Trophimus. These went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread. And in five days we came to them at Troas where we stayed for seven days. Then turn over please to Ephesians chapter 6. Further on into your New Testaments, page 1178. Of the Church Bibles, Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll read from verse 10 to the end of this chapter. Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 24. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore. Having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Amen. Last year there was a story on the BBC News website about a postman in Dundee. He was given 200 hours of community service for stealing birthday cards and packages. He was caught when suspicious managers planted two fake cards in the system and then those uh, envelopes were found later that same day in his delivery pouch. There was then a subsequent search of his properties and 89 stolen items were found in his shed and more in his house. He He admitted eventually that he had been stealing these items for about two years. Not a very trustworthy messenger. Tonight, we want to study a man who was a trustworthy messenger. His name was Tychicus. And one of the places that we read about him in our Bibles is Ephesians 6 verses 21 and 22 that we just read but let's read them again now with Tychicus especially in our minds so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing Paul the writer is coming to the end of his letter here Tychicus the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will tell you everything I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are And that he may encourage your hearts. And it sounds from those verses like Tychicus is the man who is actually delivering this letter. The book of the Bible that we now call Ephesians. Delivering that letter to the church in Ephesus. In fact, it's possible. We don't know for certain. But there is good evidence to suggest that this same man, Tychicus, may have hand-delivered three of Paul's letters that we still have now in our Bibles. Ephesians, but also Colossians, both letters to churches, and then also a letter to a man called Philemon. Tychicus, unlike that Dundee postman, clearly was a trustworthy messenger. So our title tonight is Tychicus, the pastor's postman. And we want to notice two main points about Tychicus. First of all, ordinary 
faithfulness. Ordinary faithfulness. Tychicus is mentioned just six times in the Bible. Most of those times are just very brief references. We're not told much or anything about him at all. But there are two places at least where we are told a little bit more about him. And we notice there that the same word is used about him in both places. Try to spot it for yourselves. In fact, there's more than one word that's repeated. But look at verse 21 in our passage again. So that you also may know how I, Paul, am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. And then Colossians 4 verse 7 is quite similar. Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. Paul writes, he is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. Two of only six references to Tychicus at all in the Bible. And really the two that give us any kind of description about him. And the same words are used. You'll have noticed the word beloved there. But also faithful. We want to focus now on faithful. Trustworthy. Reliable. Dependable. And what I want us to notice first about Tychicus. Is very Ordinary faithfulness. Ordinary faithfulness. Actually, there's a whole lot about Tychicus that seems very ordinary. One of the reasons, probably, that we often miss these little people in our Bibles, in this case in the New Testament, is that our eyes are often on the big names. We focus on those who seem to be at the front line of that spiritual battle that we just read about in Ephesians chapter 6. Those who seem to harass the enemy in a big way, who lead the spiritual charge against the opponent. Those who seem to gain great victories or honours in combat. And that's probably what happens with Tychicus the very first time that he's mentioned in the Bible. The first time his name comes up at all in the Bible is what we read earlier from Acts 20, verse 4. There he is, he's included in a list of seven men who would go with Paul at that stage of his travels. Acts 20, verse 4 lists the men. So Pater the Berean, son of Pyrrhus, accompanied him. And of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derbe and Timothy, and the Asians, Tychicus and Trophimus. And it's not hard to think why we might easily bypass Tychicus there in Acts chapter 20. The pace of the storyline of Acts is frantic. In the chapter just before that, chapter 19, Paul has been caught up in a riot. In Ephesus. The chapter straight after, chapter 21, he's attacked by a mob and he actually has to be arrested for his own safekeeping. Straight after the verses that we read there in chapter 20, we read of a young man who falls asleep while Paul is preaching, falls out a window, dies, and then is raised back to life again. 
These are dramatic, memorable events on every page. The spread of the gospel is relentless. The growth of the church is spectacular. And so in the middle of all that, we can easily miss this group of men who are mentioned for the first time in Acts 20, verse 4. Some of them pass quickly across the New Testament battlefield. But all of them, clearly, are significant men in their own churches, in their own local settings. Tychicus, right from the outset, right from the very first time that we meet him, seems very ordinary. Certainly, We recognize he seems to be already being recognized for his faithfulness, but it seems to be a very ordinary, run-of-the-mill, unspectacular kind of faithfulness. As we read on through Acts, and as we piece together information that we have from Paul's letters, it is likely that these seven men, the names that we read in Acts 20 verse 4, They are representatives of different churches in different places who have been involved in collecting and transporting and distributing a large financial gift that Paul instructed the churches to collect in support of poor Christians in Jerusalem and the surrounding area. We'll come back to to that in a bit more detail in one of our studies on Sunday, God willing. But it seems that these same seven men are a part of that. It also seems that having served in this way, Tychicus has proved himself to Paul. Paul is obviously impressed with Tychicus. And so from this point on in our, in our Bibles, he is a trusted messenger. He's trusted with much more than just that huge cash gift Tychicus becomes a messenger for Paul's letters both here in Ephesians 6 and in Colossians 4 we get the idea that Tychicus is to bring the letter that has been written by Paul to the church and he's also to fill in all the background details for them, answer any questions that they have. Look at it again there, chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse 21, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. That's something we could easily skip over in our Bibles. That's massive. To carry a letter for Paul, that is a huge responsibility. Paul speaks openly about false teachers who are active in the Christian church at this time. He tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapters 2 and 3, that some are even writing letters in his name. Imagine how harmful that would be for these young churches, fledgling churches. 
These letters that we know and love in our Bibles. And somebody's faking them. Somebody's peddling their own rubbish. And trying to pass it off as these kind of letters. The whole situation had reached the point for Paul that even when he used a secretary or a scribe to write down his letters for him, he had to sign off in a very unique, identifiable way to prove that the letters were real. Second Thessalonians 3.17, he ends that letter saying, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write. So the backdrop to this is that there are a whole lot of problems going on with, with Paul's letters. Carrying a letter for Paul is a big deal. And he knew that in the hands of Tychicus, the letters were safe. And I've been very struck in studying this man by that ordinary faithfulness of Tychicus. What an ordinary mundane duty traipsing all those many miles just to give a letter to someone just a message boy really and yet what he did was so crucial for the church at that time and now Think how important it was for these churches to receive these letters and these individuals as well. Think for us today how much of our New Testament is made up of letters. From Romans through to Jude, 21 different letters. Almost 40% of our New Testament. Think what we would be missing if Romans... Or Ephesians. Or any of the others had been tampered with. Or lost. Or had been chucked over a hedge because the delivery person was too lazy to be bothered with it. No. Ephesians 2 verse 8. Where we read that you're saved by God's grace and it's a gift. No Philippians chapter 2. That wonderful passage about Jesus taking human likeness. Humbling himself to death, even death on the cross, and then his exaltation also afterwards. No Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that in all things God is working good for those who love him. Tychicus shows us here ordinary, but vital faithfulness. And I want us. To be encouraged by that tonight. Tychicus was so astonishingly ordinary. I've said to you that when I I began studying Tychicus in a bit more detail, I was gripped by his ordinary faithfulness. But I have to also say that before that happened... I wondered if I was going to include them in this series at all. He's so 
ordinary. The next talk that will come to God willing will be on Onisi for us. And even if we find his name hard to say or we don't know much about him, he's a man who personally refreshed Paul himself and helped him when he was in prison. Our third talk will be Epaphras. He was renowned as a prayer warrior. And we know that prayer is important. Tychicus, what did he do? Just delivered some money and some letters. Church news. In fact, I I have a confession to make that I have largely overlooked Tychicus in the past. I have preached through the whole book of Ephesians. Look back through my Ephesians sermons. One sentence on Tychicus. As you will all remember here in Clock Mills, ten years ago, I preached a series on which book? Titus. I'll answer it before you, you feel that you have to. He's also mentioned in the book of Titus. Look back through all those sermons. One sentence again about Tychicus. He's so ordinary. And that's exactly why we're studying him tonight. And that's why he's the first in this short weekend series. Because so much of your Christian life and my Christian life is ordinary. Realistically, we are more like Tychicus than Paul or Peter or John. But Tychicus teaches us the importance of ordinary faithfulness. He shows us faithfulness in the mundane. And for many of us, work life, family life can feel mundane. Household tasks that never seem to end and just need to be repeated endlessly. In work life, unseen, unexciting, maybe even uncredited efforts for pupils or patients, for customers, clients or colleagues, reports and paperwork and emails. It's not always exciting serving the Lord in that context. Martin Luther said about repetitive, monotonous work, he said, when a maid milks cows or a hired man hoes the field, provided they are believers, and they conclude this kind of life is pleasing to God and was instituted by God, they serve God. Maids milking cows, hired men hoeing the fields. We're going to sing at the end of our service from Psalm 19 about the spectacular, breathtaking glory of our God. And how does that psalm tell us that we see it? In what actually seems the quite ordinary, repeated details of His world, the daily rising. And setting of the sun. 
And I want to spur each of us on tonight to faithfulness in ordinary, day-to-day, often uninspiring duties that God may have given to us. Because we're going to see in a moment that there's actually nothing ordinary about the faithfulness of Tychicus. And of course, this is the pathway for followers of Jesus. So much about him seemed disappointingly ordinary. He was born among animals when even some of those who came to visit him at his birth went to a palace looking for him. He was raised in a back of beyond village, Nazareth. We might say a clock mills of a place. I won't say that, but raised there, not in the, the big cities, working with his carpenter dad. He died among criminals, still not even in the city, outside the city. And he was buried in a borrowed tomb, so ordinary. But that insignificant birth, that was the birth of God becoming man. That obscure back of beyond life was a life of perfect obedience and keeping of God's laws that is offered to us because we can't do that. That shameful outcast death was the triumph of the Saviour. So that through his ordinary faithfulness, those who trust in him can be forgiven with his righteousness counted as ours. He shows us that ordinary faithfulness can have spectacular results. Let's come to our second point, outstanding faithfulness. Outstanding faithfulness. Now there is, of course, a danger that I contradict everything that I've just said in the first point. But actually there's no such thing as ordinary faithfulness for a Christian. What we're seeing tonight in Tychicus is someone who stands out. Someone who, when Paul needed to send a crucially important letter and he needed to be sure that it got there and that it got there unchanged, he thought, I know who I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Tychicus. Someone who, when Paul mentioned his name or thought of him, the word that came to his mind, or one word that came to mind, was faithful. The kind of integrity shown by Christians like Tychicus is a vital thing in the life of the church. It's not ordinary. It's not mundane. Being reliable, being trustworthy like Tychicus is actually an outstanding asset in the life of the church. Outstanding. Faithfulness. 
Notice what else Paul says about him. We haven't got to verse 22 yet. Look at verse 22. I have sent him, Tychicus, to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Tychicus was an encourager. And the basic idea behind that word is calling someone to yourself. That's if you unpack the Bible's word for encouragement, it's it's made up of the word for beside or alongside, and then also the word for calling someone. It's literally to call someone alongside you, and that's a helpful picture for us of what encouragement is. You're we're calling someone to come beside us. Tychicus was exactly that getting alongside you kind of guy. One great example of that that comes to my mind was is an officer that I, a leader with along with me at boys camp for many years and many of you will know him but I will allow him to remain anonymous he was not the best officer at the sports that we do at camp he was not one of the young officers that was always dressed in the, in the coolest gear he wasn't actually even the best at giving one of the bible talks but you never had to wonder where he was Because he was, unless there was something more urgent than needed done, he was among the boys. He was among the campers. He got alongside them at every opportunity. And Tychicus is a getting alongside you kind of guy. And because he is encouraging and because he is trustworthy, Paul can just rely on him to fill in All the other details that aren't covered in the letter. You see, Paul doesn't usually say much about himself in his letters. But Tychicus, Paul says in verse 21, he will tell you everything. I've sent him, verse 22, to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. It's expected that Tychicus will just get alongside these Ephesians and they'll be able to ask him in detail and talk to him. Well, how is Paul? How's the work going where he is in Rome? How are the Christians there? How can we best pray for him? And also importantly, Tychicus can be relied on. There's that word again. To answer in the right way to give both the good news and the bad news without leaving the people discouraged, not breaking them with a message of doom and gloom, but also not painting a picture that's too rosy or optimistic or unrealistic. Paul can just say, well, Tychicus will fill you in on the rest. There's nothing ordinary with that kind of faithfulness. That's exactly what's needed in any church. Solid, reliable, dependable people. Those who will do what's required. And the big things, 
but also in the small and the simple things. For all of us to be encouragers, someone who comes alongside others, who walks in their shoes, who builds others up and spurs them on. This kind of outstanding faithfulness sets Tychicus apart. And so Tychicus challenges us. What gifts do we wish for in life? What kind of things do we want to be better at in the Christian life? What kind of role do we long for or recognition do we desire? Tychicus is outstanding in his faithfulness. A man who could be relied on. If he said he would be there, he would be there. If you gave him a job to do, it would be done. Young people tonight, you might be wondering at this stage of life, what can I do in the church? And sometimes we look around and we, we, we see everyone is, is better, seems to be better than us or further on than us. And that can be a humble way to think, but it can also kind of cripple us or hold us back, not just as young people. You can be an encouragement to others. By coming alongside them, talking, listening. You can be faithful and reliable in little things or in big things. It seems pretty ordinary and unexciting. But it's exactly what the church of Jesus Christ needs What role do you wish for? How about simply be outstandingly faithful? Be exemplary in your trustworthiness and your reliability in the life of your church. Tychicus, the pastor's postman. And yet he's so much more than just a message boy. As far as we know, he's never a leader in the work like Titus or Timothy. He's never noted for his preaching like Paul or Peter or Apollos. As far as we know, he's never a martyr for the cause of Jesus like Stephen or James. He wrote no letters that are preserved for us in our Bibles. He planted no churches that we know of. In fact, it's not recorded that he led anyone to faith, though he may have. But everywhere we meet him, he's faithful. He's trustworthy. He's reliable. He's encouraging. He's caring. He's serving. He is no less involved in the spiritual battle that we read of in Ephesians 6 earlier in the chapter than Paul or anyone else. Jesus Christ built his first century church with little people like Tychicus. And it's how he builds his 21st century church in Clock Mills 
in Cookstown, in Clare, in Cullibacky, in Craig Royston, or wherever. Using those who show ordinary but exemplary outstanding faithfulness and trustworthiness. Amen.